Today's episode of Chunky Glasses, the podcast, is brought to you by the Indivisible Guide, a practical guide for resisting the Trump agenda. It's a team made up of former congressional staffers uh, revealing their best practices for making Congress listen. That sounds like something we're all interested in, right? Right. Uh, you can donate to this group on their page at www.indivisibleguide.com. You can follow them up on Twitter, which is at Indivisible Team. Uh, we follow them. So if you just look at our followers, you can get it like that. They have weekly calls. They have put out emails. They they make uh, videos. They, they, they're keeping you informed so you can, uh, as the kids say, stay woke, and uh, we can maybe get some shit done. So that's Indivisible Guide. Uh, they are awesome. And now let's get on with the show. Here and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two word review, just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the next man. That right there is a Welcome back to the Basement Fellow Music Club. You are now tuned into yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I am your host, Kevin, as usual. And uh, as usual, we got a great podcast for you. Great, great, really happy that you have chosen to spend some time with us here because we get to share something with you. This is not, um, we got a couple different types of podcasts here, some of them more substantial than others. This would not be, when I say it necessarily a substantial podcast, uh, this is more of just saying, look, you need to listen to this album that we're talking about today, uh, Semper Femina from Laurel Marling. Uh, you know, we've covered her on the site before, and uh, we've, we've covered her albums on the site, we've covered her live on the site, she's, she's amazing. Uh, nothing, for me, has reached these, the heights of this new album. A completely mind-blowing is, is easily my favorite album of 2017 to date. Uh, so, uh, basically, Eduardo... You know him, and I, uh, I'm going to sit down here and geek out on that, and uh, play a few tracks off it, little snippets of tracks, and hopefully get you hype to this because it is a, it's a, it, this this is the type of album that will make your life better. How about that? Is that okay? Um, and then we're going to talk about uh, another, or I'm going to play a little track at the end of this of another band that sort of had a similar experience with this, uh, the band Dungeon from Sweden, Dunion, or however you want to say it. Um, we're big fans of them, big fans of their sort of spinoff group, The Amazing. Had a chance to see them recently at DC9, and it was uh, it was mind-blowing. So we're going to play a track from their new album, Hexen, and talk about that show a little bit. And uh, that's your podcast for this week. So uh, if you're ready and uh, you want me to get out of the way here, you might head on down to the basement. Here you go. Uh, episode number, what, 267? Something like that? Chunky Glass of the Podcast. We're, we're reviewing... The latest album from one Laura Marlene, Semper Femina. Welcome back to Lady Talk with Kevin and Eduardo, <laughs> boys and girls. We're here to talk about ladies and explain them to you, especially ladies. We want to explain <laughs> to you. No panelists today, it's just me and Eduardo. Absolutely here to explain womanhood yes. to our listeners. Who yes. better qualified than <laughs> a couple of dudes? Who better qualified than a couple of dudes to tell ladies how they're feeling? To look into maybe the most important uh, musical event of the year and the most important musical statement about womanhood. Yeah, our, our guest today this is Laura Marlin, guys. <laughs> in case you couldn't tell from that, <laughs> should be on the morning zoo here in just a second. Uh, no, we are, I can't. God. There's, there's nowhere to go with it's that. It's so hard not to break. <laughs> it is. You're doing your radio voice. Yeah. It's a pretty good radio voice. Yeah. I do it at work, and people are just like, what the fuck? Hey. Like that in the calm radio voice, because everybody thinks I'm right. mean. But then I get on the phone, and I'm like, hi there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You like that? I got creepy real quick. Um, no, we, we were here uh, today to talk about uh, uh, an exceptional album 
Normally we uh, don't spoil these up front, but I, I'm going to because this is one of my favorite albums of the year. And uh, it, talking about Laura Marlene's Semper uh, Femina. And uh, Miss Marlene is an artist from uh, Eversley, Hampshire, over in England, mm-hmm. pre-Brexit. You don't know what it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, pre-Brexit. Those, those were different times. She's born in. She's from born in 1990. Do I am I remembering that right? I'm not sure, but I, but her first album came out in 2008. Alas, okay. I cannot swim. Uh, followed up by I speak because I can. A creature I don't know. Once I was an eagle. I think we covered her on that tour. Okay, and she played at the 9:30 club. That was the first time I ever heard of her, and uh, it was it's magical. Yeah, I think I, I think a creature I don't know was a common jumping on point for a lot of people. Yeah, that, that album got a lot of a lot of favorable press. Yeah, uh, and and a short movie. Uh, which in right. 2015, which I, I haven't listened to, I didn't even know. There's also a director's cut of yeah. the album short movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so now, uh, here with a Blake Mills produced uh, album, Semper Femina, uh, which we're going to talk a little bit about that. Really unfortunate that's a guy, considering how this album yeah. is. But it is, but it is what it is. I mean, it falls into the, I think the narrative of of what you were talking reading today about about this album. Yeah. Uh, but Blake Mills, if you all know, he's sort of a super producer. He's he's produced Jessica Hoop, Sarah Watkins. Uh, sound and color from Alabama Shakes. He was originally part of Proto Dawes, Simon Dawes. Oh, so everything uh, everything comes back and this to is Dawes. How, this is how I actually found out about this guy is an uh, interview with oh. Taylor Goldsmith. Huh. Uh, Jim James Eternally Even, which is a righteous fucking yep. album from yep. last year that we didn't get to. John Legend's Darkness and Light. Wow. I mean, so he's all over the map. He's a, yeah. he's a what you would call an in demand producer. Um. Marlene, I think it's safe to say we're looking at the album cover here. It's a singer songwriter, but she's definitely operating in the folk category. Yeah. yeah, there's a there's a there's a cool thing that she does sound wise. I mean, I mean, so she clearly you would put her in folk. Or, uh, some of her earlier records nod a little bit more explicitly to her sort of uh, maybe uh, more explicitly Americana type influences. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a cool thing that I like about uh, Brit folk or however you want to characterize it, which is that. There's a whole musical tradition that existed before the blues. And so it just like right. the song structure is like totally bypassed the blues. It's like the blues never happened. You're, right? t- you're talking about like Fairport Convention stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Richard Thompson. Yeah, British like, folk is wild because yeah. it goes, it literally goes back to the Hobbit hole. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> right? And, uh, and, and this album, you know, e- even though Marling is, is really comfortable outside of that genre, there's a couple of places here, like on the Valley, where I think she's very specifically evoking like Nick Drake and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and those ancient uh, uh, streams. But uh, but I think for people who don't listen to it a lot, it can it can it can be off putting. It can be a little tuneless, especially if you're used, whether you know it or not. If you're just used to listening music that is inspired by you know the blues scale, um, yeah. And uh, why am I talking about that? Because uh, because what I'm trying to say is that what happens on this album that's a little bit different is I think there's uh, the band is a little bit more the arrangements mm-hmm. I think. Um, demand a little bit more attention. Uh, there's some, there's some, uh, I saw them on like CBS Sunday morning or something this past weekend. Oh shit. Playing. And, um, and I, I was immediately drawn to the bassist, um, which is, which is why it's funny that you made that comment about, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a track on here and, and soothing is the opening track of this album. And, yeah. and there's a point, and this is actually, uh, and, uh, you know, what? I'm, I'm playing a little bit right now okay. and, and, and you'll hear it and we'll talk about it later. Radiohead-esque strings, mm-hmm. uh, which is now part, I think, of the English folk tradition. Honestly, I've always thought of that about Radiohead. I mean, look, they they are part, the, the the British tradition of music is so 
deep that it's mm-hmm. hard to separate that. And it's hard to uh, clearly like Johnny Greenwood listens to this stuff as not on the moon shaped pool, dude. I know we're not going to do let the record show that I'm reluctantly agreeing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, but, but it also has to do a lot with, uh, not like British music, but like Van Morrison. Yeah. I think Astral weeks era Van Morrison. There's a, there's a point, sure. uh, there's a point on this song where the bass player hits a half note instead of the whole note up. And it is, whether it's intentional or whether it's not, it's your signal to say, this could, this is maybe loose, it yeah. can go wherever, and it goes wherever. <laughs> and, you know, this, for me, this album is sort of redefining what it is to have feels in 2017. I can't, I don't look for these albums. I don't ever look for these albums. And they always catch me if I'm just sitting there, like maybe I'm reading something, maybe I'm thinking about something. I something happened. Maybe I'm hanging out with Gizmo who's sitting there on the table, and then I'll just hear something, and then I get sucked into it. This happened with me on with that song, yeah. And then I listened to it like four times in a row, yeah. And it's it's a weird thing because I don't, I've never had this reaction to her music before. So I, I don't know what kind of weird magical shit is going on on this record, but every song, like you mentioned, the valley going deep into like the hobbit hole, like that is, yeah, you know, that is like you're hanging out in your van and you got your druid rights or whatever, like, and <laughs> yeah. and none of this is bad stuff. Like I sort of no, wish no. Andre was here talking about it because he'd be like, yeah, uh, but but you also then, and we're gonna hear some of this stuff, have these songs that are just. I mean, like Wildfire and is one of the, yeah. Nobody's it, it, done Joni like that since Joni. Well, you know, I I don't know that I can explain why this album, because um, I think both you and I had really similar reactions to it in the sense of just being instantly kind of drawn to it, and it just opens up like you know a chasm or something, and you and you yeah. fall into it. Um, what she's what she's talked about. Um, so there's first of all the the title. Um, is part of a phrase from Virgil's um, mm-hmm. Aeneid, and uh, it uh, it it expresses the idea that femininity is is ever shifting and, and mm-hmm. ever changing. Um, she's she's talked about um, the fact that she started writing this album, and she wanted to to specifically. Um, I guess she thought maybe she was writing, um, trying to capture the the kind of the male gaze. In yeah, a way, yeah, and and through the writing process and through this this podcast that she did called uh, the the reversal of the muse or the muse in reverse, mm-hmm. I should remember that. We'll, we'll um, put it in the show notes. Okay, yeah. not facts based. But um, uh, where she spoke to a bunch of female artists and um, about kind of f- uh, feminine creativity and 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 also the idea that if you're a, if you're a female artist and you walk into a studio, there's usually like two or three dudes sitting in the booth, mm-hmm. right? And 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 would that be different? Uh, would the vibe be different if there were women back there? Why aren't there more women um, who were sound techs and recording engineers? Um, how do the men who are in those situations understand how to work with women and, and what do they bring out of them? Um, so, so all of these ideas are kind of swirling around her head. And, and she, uh, according to interviews, said she basically decided, well, this album... You know, it sounds like it's from a from a male perspective, but it doesn't have to be. It can be right, um, which which, and then it, then it becomes this sort of subversive way in which she's 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 redirecting the idea of the male gaze and making it really a a feminine version of that of that male gaze. And there's a tradition in folk songs too of of kind of uh, of gender reversals, right? So mm-hmm. you would have female singers singing songs that were originally sung and written by men, and sometimes they would swap the gender, you know, the pronoun, right, and the gender of the person well, they're singing about, and sometimes they wouldn't, and that would create a whole different go, go, go vibe. Go back to, like, country music. Like, baby, baby, baby means two completely different things if a man's singing it and if a woman's singing it. Right, right. Uh, it doesn't have to. I mean, that, that's in the depiction of that, and I think that is that is the the true strength of this album, if I'm sort of uh, digesting it correctly is that like you said this is I mean she part of this is she went to moved to Los Angeles she left mm-hmm. England moved mm-hmm. to Los Angeles it's a whole other influence on this I mean that's where Blake Mills is so right right um, and you are dealing with she's always written songs about emotions mm-hmm. but you're dealing with a a town a society built on not necessarily having those emotions out 
in public, people can fake them very well because they're yeah. all actors. Yeah. And to get, uh, you know, unlike an album that we're going to be talking about uh, later on this week, Odyssey's album, mm-hmm. where where he is putting himself on the, out there. I don't know necessarily where Laura Marlin is here, and I don't necessarily take it as a personal statement. I accept this truth in all these songs that, like the idea, yeah. the idea that you're writing from a male or female perspective, is that people can have whether you're male or female, uh, whether you're black, white. You know, we all there is some shared experience, but there is also a um, built-in sort of bias of the way you experience stuff. You're mm-hmm. from Brazil. Yeah, right. <clears throat> I'm from Southwest Virginia. Like, we we have internalized our worlds very differently. But unlike a lot of people from Southwest Virginia, you live in Northeast D.C. <laughs> so, you know, and there's a lot, there's, right. there's, there's a lot of ways in which people get to experience being the other or being, yeah. you know, and, and uh, I mean, some people never get to, I think for a lot of, white Americans, like the first time they go to Africa or something. Right. And they're literally the only white person within, you know, uh, a five mile radius or something. It's, it's and the only people but, who aren't playing rock set. <laughs> rock set. <laughs> but, I, but, I, but, I, but I hear you in the sense that this, there's a Dylan-esque quality here of the, the, I'm not there. Like, like wherever you look for yeah. her, for Laura Marlin. I didn't, want to go to, I didn't want to go to Dylan, but yeah, sure. But, but, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking of the phrase, like, I'm not there. Like, wherever you look for her and wherever you think she mm-hmm. is, she's not there, but she is behind the curtains orchestrating yeah. this whole thing. I, I want to hear, uh, this is, we're going to hear two tracks, uh, tonight because they're, uh, they're fucking outstanding. <laughs> uh, this first track, uh, Wildfire, though, is, is, like I said, this is, it's an astounding song. It's an astounding song. It is. Uh, we don't have to compare it to anything, but but I'm I'm going to. This is Joni Mitchell, like in her prime, in like Blue area era. Like if you told me this was an outtake from Blue, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's it. So this is Wildfire. Chasing down a wildfire. Are you trying to make a cold liar out of me? Get high, you overcome those desires before you come to me. I think your mama's kind of sad, and your papa's kind of mean. I can take that all away. You can stop playing it out on me. She's got something she really, really needs to say She puts it in a notepad She's gonna write a book someday Of course, the only part that I want to be Is about her time spent with me Wouldn't you die to know Seen. Are you getting away with who you're trying to be? Trying, trying to be. Of course, there's things upon the earth that we must really try to defend. A lonely beast, a kind heart. Something weak and untrained I do it all for her for free I need nothing back for me There no sweeter deed may be Than to love something enough to want to Something on her mind Something she needs to get by Do you 
Okay, stop crying, Eduardo. I'm 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 <laughs> close. Yeah, man. I, know, this, I know you're tearing up. Yeah. I'm, I'm tearing up too. Uh, that is that is just a gorgeous, gorgeous track. There's a line in this: "You always say you love me most when you don't. When I don't know, I'm being seen. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe someday when God takes me away, I'll understand what the fuck that means." The only song with a curse word, yeah. on, on on the album. And, uh, it's the only time, yeah. Even though there is a lot of anger in this, yeah. I mean, this is this is an album I think about relationships. The good parts and the bad parts. There's 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 themes too. There's there's sort of themes of freedom and, and mm-hmm. wildness. Um uh and it really you know the the part that we of that song that we just listened to, which is which goes, of course the only part that I want to read is about her time spent with me. I mean I mean this album kind of sent me I think because we talked about Sonny Sweeney last week and it was yeah, three yeah. three dudes talking about trying to understand the plight of a Forty-year-old uh, woman in 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 pop country, yeah. Um, and this kind of sent me down a rabbit hole of just thinking about all of the uh, female songwriters that, um, and it's a long list, and some of its obvious names like you know Liz Fair or, um, but 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 there are legit like probably four or five albums where it's pretty much just a woman and acoustic guitar, and that mm-hmm. would be on my desert island list of 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 things that I love and. And weirdly, this album kind of made me question that because I realized that even when I think I'm listening to a Dar Williams or a Brenda Kahn or something yeah, like yeah. that, I'm really trying, like, I'm really listening to a female songwriter to understand how a woman sees masculinity, right? Like, like I'm still kind of stuck in my... Yeah. I'm still trying, I'm, I'm just trying to get a different take on me when I go and listen to them and what it means to be right. me and how they, and how they see me. And this album is not for me, which is, which is great. Like it's not, it's not meant to work that oh, way. Oh, I mean, I, I disagree. And, I, I disagree okay. with that. And, and I don't think, I mean, you may be doing that for you. And I think, I think, uh, that's, that's good and fine, but I, I don't think you're, I can't speak for you. Like for me, it's not, I'm listening to that stuff. Like for me, I'm listening to that stuff to definitely to benefit me, to understand the concept that, that I can't immediately, like, it's, it's really hard to define like masculinity, femininity, what this mm-hmm. is in relationships, because especially now in 2017, not to like be gross, about it, but like the gender roles have flipped, and and like, don't don't say the lines are blurred. No, they are they are not blurred. <laughs> don't say they're blurred lines. No, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, no, but, we, but, we, but but things that used to that a lot of a lot of songs, a lot of musical history was written about simply aren't the reality anymore, and maybe mm-hmm. they weren't the yeah, reality yeah. then. We have no way of knowing. Pre 1972, I literally have no way of knowing. What the fuck was going on? So right. if somebody tells me the fifties were a certain way, I I have to believe that that's how it they, was. They, and they and they were a heteronormative kind of mm-hmm. way to use a, a popular phrase. Um, but uh, and and so when she's writing these songs, whether she's flipping <coughs> the perspective of them or whatnot, it's exploring things that are important to all of us. Yeah, I mean, things that have to be important to all of us, or else we'll just die which you know there's a there's a uh there's a pair of couplets um from the valley uh where she says um and this is this is where it just kind of uh this is where she gets didactical for a split second in the Mm -hmm. song um and she says we love beauty because it needs us to it needs our brittle glaze and innocence reminds us to cover our drooling gaze which there are so many ideas packed into that uh right you know quartet um uh about how how we relate to beauty our feelings of guilt our feel you know how we uh uh the transience of all of these things and how we sort of covet this thing that makes that reminds us that coveting it is wrong and uh and that it's unattainable um it's it's a really and it and it and like it does all that and i have all these thoughts and and it's like i come by them effortlessly yeah. you know it's not an album that's necessarily um, it's not, it's not, uh, loquacious or verbose, right? There's not like the word count on this Mm-mm. is not like, these are songs that are like the, 600 the words long. Is lethal, yeah. Though. yeah. I mean, it's the efficiency it's, of everything on this. I mean, yeah. everything is, uh, everything is so well placed, so well intentioned, so well, 
I, I can't imagine the hours slaved over making this what it is, but it sounds like she like she literally just sat down and like, here's how I feel. Because it has that wisdom, right? On, we were yeah, saying it, yeah, it, it feels has, wise. It has, it has yeah. wisdom. It has yeah. well, what we understand to be universal wisdom. Right. Now, right. Th- will this speak to, uh, you know, a family and food stamps in Southeast D.C.? I don't know. Maybe. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, I mean, that's a difficult standard to hold any. No, I'm not holding her to it, but I'm, yeah. I'm talking so about like universal statements and stuff. And I, and, right. I, and I, and I am sort of trying to eat towards it. Like, I think part of the triumph of this album is that it is so, uh, even though it's telling very specific sort of vignettes or stories throughout this and things are happening, it is so like universal, at least to my experience mm-hmm. that, uh, I, I have, like in the years we've been doing these podcasts, I haven't encountered an album that I this immediately was just like, holy fuck, yeah. Like, how can you? Like, the song we're gonna play right now uh, is nothing, not nearly, uh, which is the first single from or second single from this. It is a clinic. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is. Um, well, let's just play it and get more get more comfortable. There's nothing, not nearly, off of uh, Laura Marlin's Sipper Feminine. Forget that late September where we passed them on the midnight embers, but it's gone like a half remembered dream. Left to north of where we met, thinking better of going west. Yeah, we lost each other in a river stream. I thought I'd come and find you there, wait until you lost your hair and got your place out in the Not nearly off of a uh, Semper uh, Femina. That is, uh, that's a goddamn perfect song. It's it's jazzy. The wordplay is just unexpected and sharp, and it's sort of like 
the music itself is very is very slow and deliberate it's, and her singing is so nimble and so dynamic on top of that i mean it's just like how, yeah like like how, how do you, you how do you yeah. get to that how do you I, build that i don't I, know i don't know i mean we're doing a terrible job of actually reviewing this album because <laughs> it is like what do you say about it like that that's 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 a perfect song. That's it, one of the few perfect songs that I've I've ever heard. That is yeah. that is, you know, you brought in Bob Dylan. That's Bob Dylan level of how you make a thing. It 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 keeps it keeps commenting on things that are happening in a way that um that that can't have been planned, but there's this like weird synchronicity that so you know, I just we just uh uh there's a this Icelandic artist as Asgeir, I don't know if I'm yeah, saying that right. Yeah. Um, his new album is called Afterglow, mm-hmm. and it's all about kind of the beauty and the happy and the joy of the afterglow and how you sort of lose yourself in it. This song says the afterglow doesn't last. Once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah, once it's gone, it's gone. <laughs> right. And it, and, and it, which does... is life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... I mean, it, it just, and, and, and so on the, you know, I had, I had, uh, in between spins of this album, I had, I had, uh, sampled that, uh, checked out the Asgar album. And I thought, uh, ah, something about this is not quite working. You know, the, uh, the afterglow just feels a little false. And then this song comes up and I'm like, oh, right. Because in reality, the afterglow doesn't last because, because things are fleeting and ephemeral and, right. <laughs> and you're destined to lose them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so do we, do we ask her like if Laura Marlin's okay? I, I, I think she is. I, I think, think she. I think, I think, she's, think she's. I think really she's okay. coming from such a like. It's it's so rare that uh, that a piece of work can be this conceptual, uh-huh. and that an artist can talk about it, and that it feels right, and that mm-hmm. the end product is also good. Right. You usually get. It, ne- it never happens. Yeah. You usually get really good work that's not conceptual. Right. Right. You get uh, good work that is conceptual, but the artist can't explain it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or uh, you get something that's conceptually good but artistically flawed. This is conceptually good, artistically successful, and the artist is fully conscious of it and able to talk about it. Yeah, and I, I don't even. I don't even know. I mean, this is this is the person who, who literally, quite literally, brought us Mumford and Sons. Yeah, they used to be her backup band. This that, is true. That's how Mumford and Sons yep. like got their start. And I mean, maybe this is. Maybe this is reparations for that crime. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a way. Um, it's funny because uh, since we'll be talking about Odyssey mm-hmm. uh, later this week, you know, there's a, there's a way that that Amir comes across um, uh, in interviews and in that in that interview with Marcus especially, um, which is of a of a kind of dedicated, ambitious, self aware, and and studious person. Um, and, and from, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of not knowing enough about, um, Laura Marling. You know, right. I've, I've listened to her last two or three albums and, and enjoyed them kind of in a casual way. This is the first one that's really fully pulled me in and I've really, well, we uh, don't, but she, the, but she gives uh, off that same vibe. Like, like, like she is yeah. a person who's not, she's just, she's not just trying to sell records. She is, she is working and her, and the purpose of her art is to show us something. To, to that point is like, if you think about folk music and the way we experience it, at least in America, and and stuff like this, and the way it's marketed to us, and like mm-hmm. and put in front of us, we have no incentive necessary to know anything about the artist. Uh, even even me, like even yeah, right. even interviewing people, it's like, just it's just a name. Like the conversations I want to have are, are generally not about the album they made, right? If you've paid attention at all, it's all con- <laughs> it's all content, man. Yeah, yeah. We're just we're just consuming content, you know. And and so. When something like this comes along and makes you want to, because like I, I don't need to understand Laura Marling at all to understand to feel this record. Yeah, but I want to because I'm like I feel like this is this is something that's been put out there and it's like okay I'm this person and I made this and this is even though she's may not be specifically talking about her on any of these songs or she may explicitly be talking about her. That's this is a part of her. Yeah. It's not a product. Yeah. yeah. This is this is a part of her that That's she exactly, put out in the exactly world and right. gave yeah. to everybody. And now it's up to people like to find it. Right. Which she's got do, a head start. Do you but do she's you, not an unknown quantity, so now how many now now do you now this will obviously be criminally underheard like it'll be popular with this sort of all songs set, that's what's killing and, me. i don't uh, know if it will be yeah i mean uh, okay you think I, I, you think, I, you think I there's, you think there's and, crossover and because, because i don't know the folk field or it's like 
this is what the Joanna Newsom album should have been. Now, now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would get now, funny. Now. So no, uh, and, yeah. and and actually, you know, I, I want to talk about her a little bit because yeah, yeah. because that is like artistic mastery. I think I said this when we talked about it. It's artistic mastery, but the conceptual mastery is not there for me for Joanna Newsom. Like yeah. it, it, you know, and and I'm sure, like I think they've collaborated. I, I don't know, but it is definitely swimming in the same pool. I think so. Like I, I, what, what yeah, they're trying I thought to about, do. I thought about Joanna. But a lot. the fact that like this so so deeply connects to me, and Joanna Newsom's like I I will never just yeah. will never ever listen to. There's uh, and it's finding if, for our purposes just for the anthropology of it, trying to figure out what is in there that what like what's what's the difference? What makes that last song we played so perfect? We can identify all the parts, but then like break it down. Like, is it that guitar? Is it the fact that the guitar is compressed? Is it the fact that it stops on like just before the downbeat on that measure? Yeah, not quite. It doesn't follow yeah. through. Is yeah. it? It's all these little touches that make this feel like a living organism more than a piece of wax necessarily you're going to put on. Right. I mean, I I don't think anyone would ever like Joanna Newsom is not striving for uh, a feeling. Um, She's not striving for naturalism. She's not, you right. know, there's a lot of artifice there. It's, it's, you know, everything, uh, has a, a dressed up contrived kind of, kind of thing. It's just whether that aesthetic works for you or not. This does, you know, there's, there's a, there's an old, um, line about poetry criticism that, that, uh, actually I think it's, shit, it might be a T.S. Eliot quote, um, to the effect of, um, uh, commenting on, on modernism, poet, on modernist poetry and saying that, its its goal is to approximate the 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 rhythms of a normal thinking person's thought process. Yeah, um, which is to say, it feels natural. It doesn't, you know, it it yep. just it, it it doesn't, you know, when you when you hear the words, when you hear the sounds, you don't picture them being created by the result, uh, created by conscious choice uh, uh, of people who are laboring to do that. It just sounds like they're sort of temporarily yeah. able to filter something that was out there and that we all feel, and they're just being conduits for the fa- it. The famous sing- songwriter uh, quote is just, you know, uh, God just basically got in my hand with the pen. Yeah. Well, there's, you yeah. know, there's, there's, there's a, uh, you can take a, you know, Tom, Tom Waits talks about songs as, as, um, as just, um, uh, you you have to get to know them, right? They're mm-hmm. these strange entities that are that occupy a space with you, and you have to figure out how they want to be treated. And some, you know, for some it's it's a fast treatment, for others it's just him and the guitar. But you don't know that until you try to treat them a bunch of different ways. Right? Um, you know, that that still does a disservice to what she's accomplished here, which is which is because what she's done is a very conscious labor i think in a very conscious product even if in the act of writing you have to train yourself to be unconscious as a lot of poets and songwriters do but but it's it's just a it's it's a complete record it's it's what you know Mm -hmm. it's something that you think about other significant releases um from artists at the age of 25 27 something like that and you've got uh just to just to pick like two of the biggest sellers of the past few years um you've got uh uh you've got the adele 25 album and you've got taylor swift 1989 yeah right which are which which if that is the product of a mind that is the same age as laura marling's mind was when she wrote this like it's it's just hard to imagine how a species can be that diverse and i'm not picking them because they're because they're women i'm picking them because they're you love you love t swift i do love taylor swift and i will and i will um and i love her more than most i don't think anything she's ever done uh comes anywhere close to the mastery uh, of this album I, i don't i mean hearing this like i i haven't been immediately like I'm gonna dive back into our catalog mm-hmm. and find these. Yeah, moments I had the same thought. And, and the find thought. these moments, like yeah, uh, which is you know we've been saying this a lot lately. Is something you can you can do in 2017. Yep. If you're just hearing about an artist and they have a bunch of albums, yeah. you should probably go listen to. We just talked about Sonny Sweeney, right? If you listen to all her albums in a row, that's a good day. 
Mm-hmm. That's a really good <laughs> yeah, day. Yeah, and and you might, be, you might be a little liquored up by the end of it. Yeah, you might you, you, might, might, be. you might be overserved as they say nah, in polite you, you, society. You need a bottle of beer. You wouldn't be liquored <laughs> up. You'd be oh, a bottle you can do, of beer. You can do whiskey. Uh, I mean, I don't know something. Uh, <laughs> uh, but but yeah, and and whether. Like I don't know where she goes from here, and it doesn't matter. It is this is yeah. uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say possibly hyperbolic statement here. This could be a generation's astral weeks. I think I think it has. I think it will grow in stature and importance because because again because I don't think it's gonna get. Um, you know I think I think it will remain underheard and if it's not underheard it will remain um it'll be lazily listened to and it won't be listened to by people who are appreciating everything that's behind it and i think that it will it's just it'll it'll continue to reveal itself um for the next several years and this is what like like this is one of those albums where like there's a physical comfort in having uh you know the object with you like oh, yeah. you, you want to be like no one can take this album away from me yeah i'm, I'm, <laughs> right? going, I'm because, going to slumber like tomorrow yeah, yeah, and then yeah. i get like, this like, right 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 i want i want this album in a way that like that that people can't decide that i can't listen to it anymore this is like, Only, back in the day you could be like people come over and be like yeah look you can look at this no you can't take it home no, it's my album no. <laughs> right yeah and uh and you can hand it out and uh yeah it is yeah. uh it's 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 astounding. I it, just I just don't know what what else to say other than to yeah. congratulate her for. So, so what I are mean, you going to do with it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for the casual listener, our options are uh, pass, try, or yeah. buy. Huh? Huh? Yeah. Huh. I'm I'm clearly I'm I'm gonna buy the ever loving crap out of this yeah. album, and I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it for people. I'm gonna recommend it to people. Yeah. Um. Uh. You probably like me on occasion. Get. Uh, you know, like a random Facebook message or an email from someone who says, "Hey, I've been out of the game having kids for like the past five years. Uh, what's good?" Yeah, right. Nice. This album will be the the <laughs> this, first one this, that I'm for like for the time being. Yeah. Like, this has erased every good album in the past year yeah. for me. I don't, I don't even know what I'm just like. Why we? Why would I spend my time listening to anything else yeah. if I didn't have to? Well, well, well. Last year I, I would have been defaulting to Laurie McKenna, and this year I'll be defaulting. I would to, have been defaulting to, this to that album. or Car Seat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, this year, uh, definitely not uh, Diet Sig, but that's not in there. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to work that into every... Yes, yes, we are. Because we're going to review Congrats, it. Congrats, Diet Sig. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, this is just an astounding feat. Hopefully, uh, I think she's torn through here. Uh, I'm, when, when is that? Do I don't know. know. I, I'm going to bust my ass to like get... Yeah. If we can't do it here, we'll do it at the 930 Club, because that's where she played last time. Uh-huh. Where, wherever the fuck she's playing... Laura Marlin, if you're listening, we would love to talk to you because yeah. this is you should be uh, you don't need our approval ever, but you should be fucking proud of this because this is come, this is a monumental achievement. Come and give us shit for being two dudes trying to understand yes, your work and, and and tell and tell us tell us what's hang out with Gizmo who's got his own mic now. He's, he does, he does. It's amazing. He's he's the podcasting cat. Uh, the the so, podcast. So m- more so than any album this year yet, uh, Laura Marlin. Go out and get it, kids. Do it now. That was that was lady talk with uh, Kevin and Ward. <laughs> See you guys later. She sings in the valley. Semper Femina, or Femina, however you want to say it, uh, is available pretty much wherever you can buy records. And really, you need to you need to get out there and do that. That I, you know, every year there's an album that really hits me in the straight in the feels, and uh, this is it. This is it, folks. Uh, Jessica Pratt was it a couple years ago. Uh, this year, this is it. This is since since this podcast, I have listened to this no less than two times a day since we taped this. And uh, I, I see that trend continuing throughout the year. It is comfort in these dangerous times, and uh, and that is what music is for. I think, I hope. Uh, promise we're going to talk about a little dungeon. Now we've, if you go back way in the archives here, myself, Andre, and Paul, we're big fans of a genre we coin as space rock. 
Uh, that is sort of far out there. You, you gotta you gotta hop in the wormhole or drive your van right into it to get acclimated to it, and uh, and you take a trip every time you listen to it. Now, one of our favorite bands going back through that was a band called The Amazing. Uh, they're from Sweden, and uh, th- their name describes them justly. If if um, Golden Streams, I think, is the name of the album, go back and listen to that. This a couple years ago. It's fantastic, uh, just mellow, jazzy, just amazing stuff. So all these guys apparently have other bands, and they're just sort of push them forward into different markets in the in the world and and in in uh, the U.S. Right now, though, one of their bands and and sort of the original band Dungeon. Is 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 making their push? They just released a new album called Haxon at the end of last year, and they're doing a tour right now. So uh, the tour swung by here in Washington D.C. A little place called D.C. Nine. Now I believe it's like a two hundred capacity club. This is a yeah. These guys are these guys are pretty renowned worldwide, and so this is a, this is a very intimate show. It was billed as an an evening with uh, Dungeon. And uh, and so we went and, and experienced this. Matt's review is going to be up today on the site. Uh, but even he had a problem writing about it uh, because it, it was uh, it was revelatory. It was what what I want people in America to do more. And you know, mixing these old traditions is jazz. I mean, this is what Dungeon is essentially a jazz band using uh, quote unquote futuristic instrumentation. And and creating these uh, moods and spaces for you to sort of for your mind to sort of expand, whether you're not you're you're on products or not. Uh, but it's an amazing show, uh, sort of it's the best show I've seen this year. Let me let me state that right off. Uh, and uh, I've seen quite a few so far this year, and uh, I, and I want more. So they're on tour now, so you can get them. Uh, but right now, if you if you haven't experience this music let's let's jump into it here you go and and uh, i apologize for my pronunciation of this but it's uh jockton genome scorgen from dungeons uh new album hexen We'll be right back. 
Dungeons Haxon is out now. They are on tour in the U.S. I don't know when they're going to come back. Um, give it a listen. Dig back through their catalog. This stuff is great. It is... Uh, you, you don't always need... You don't need to dial everything up. There's room in between. You don't need a, You don't need lyrics in a song, maybe. I mean, there's lyrics in these, but there's... Uh, sometimes you just gotta... You, just, you gotta have a vibe and let that vibe overtake you. At least that's what I think. Um... That's our podcast for this week. We thank you for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us on iTunes and uh, leave us a rating there, a star or a message. Either is acceptable. We love feedback. We, we pay attention to it. And uh, you can listen to us on Google Play. You can subscribe there. You can listen to us on Stitcher, Mixcloud, SoundCloud when we feel like it. I think this one I'm going to put up on SoundCloud because, uh, again, everybody needs to hear. Everybody needs to both these bands. Fuck. Laura Marley and Dungeon are just... They're, they're what like these pockets of like pure music uh, for me um, coming up at the end of this week we're going to be reviewing a fantastic new album from uh, Odyssey guy we covered way back in one of our first episodes uh, his album back then back in 2012 uh, he has a new album out called The Iceberg we're going to be talking about that uh, and coming up in the next few weeks I think we're going to be talking to the guys who put on a fest here called the Breaking Even Festival up at Sam- Songbird that's happening in May uh, and uh, Jamal Gray our friend who who actually he, he does the interstitial music all the all the cool sort of laid back vibes you hear going on that you don't know what that is that is uh, made by Jamal Gray aquatic gardener and we're going to talk to him about a thing he's doing with Capital Fringe that's kicking off next week and um, and Capital Fringe and and uh, his upcoming project with a band called Nag Champa. So lots of good stuff coming down the pipe. Also, I'm going to warn you, you know, this was a little fangasm episode, and uh, we have the Father John Misty episode coming up. And that is going to be... Whew, I don't know how many people we're going to have on that, uh, because we, we have a lot of feelings about this new album, Pure Comedy. Uh, it's uh, my feeling is that it's excellent, but uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna talk that out. So so get ready for that because that's coming in April, and uh, that's it. We're out of here. Uh, so we'll be seeing you on Thursday. Until then, maybe try and get out and see some live music. Maybe we'll see you at a show. Maybe you'll see Matt Condon or Mauricio Castro. No, you won't see Mauricio. He's in Japan. Uh, uh, but until then, uh, be good to your ears. Be better to your people. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>